Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I'm glad you're here with me today. And we are really doing these two weeks on gender differences. I'm hoping that they're really helpful for you. I've had lots of great feedback about it. So I want to encourage you to tell your friends about it. Visit the website. um, Send the podcast to your friends. We really do want healthier, happier relationships, which brings out the best in people. And that's one of the ways we change the world for the Lord. So thank you again for being with me today. And we are finishing up today, What Makes a Woman Feel Loved? Last week, we did all the whole entire, um, the hardwiring of men and women and the physicality of it, the neuroscience on it. And we did greatest needs and relationship tips. And so then earlier this week, we did What Makes a Man Feel Loved? And now we're doing What Makes a Woman Feel Loved? And so we left off last week with this number four, and that is that he does things for me simply to make my life easier and better. He wants to relieve my stress. And men, I know that you know how beautiful a relaxed woman is. They smile more often. They're much prettier. A stressed woman, those are difficult because we are struggling with ourselves, with our world, with our lives, whatever that may be. So the easier you can make her life, the better version you get of her. So I want you to think about God. He's such a servant. That's what Christ is, that servant-hearted man. So think about that you're providing that for her. You're providing an easier, less stressful life. And so the direct benefit of this, when you do this for the woman you love, is that she's much more enjoyable and They don't have that stressed out look. They're not as negatively reactionary. And so it's important here for you to learn what is it that stresses her out? And how can I relieve it the way that makes sense to her, not the way that necessarily makes sense to you? Not just hurry and get it off the list so that you don't have to deal with it anymore. That you remember, you care about what she cares about. So when you care about what stresses her out, And you don't judge it. You just simply say, you know, that's my girlfriend. That's my wife. That's my partner. That's my daughter. That's my mom. These things stress women out. And really understanding individually what are the stressors for the women in your life. So that you really can say, okay, God, how can I meet those needs? If she will let me, and I'm always coaching women as to how to accept that help if a man is willing to provide it that you really find out what is it that's so stressful for her? Is it that she has too many things on her list? Is it the stressor that um, she got in a fight with her girlfriend or that her friend isn't calling her back? Is she stressed out about money? Now, these are the things that you don't necessarily logic out with them. If you care first, then you may be able to do the reasoning and the logic, but you need to care first and not take it personally. Number five. He buys me things knowing 
the biggest part of what he provides or buys for me is something I can brag about. I can't tell you men how amazing it is, and women do it all the time. They like to brag about what their boyfriends, their husbands, dads, brothers, whatever, bought for them. And so this shows the world that I'm loved. That's what it does for me. It shows the world that there's a man in my life that loves me. So it doesn't necessarily even matter how much money you spend. It's just the thought. It causes me to feel important and special. See, think of fathers providing for their children, how the Lord provides for us. He made the planet simply for Adam and Eve and everything in it for their enjoyment. And he, he, it doesn't mean it takes the place of relationship. And I'm not saying that women are quote-unquote materialistic. It's they love things. They love being thought of. They love like, you know, the beautiful little things like, oh my gosh, here's the flower, you know, and they post it on Facebook. And, and I thought about you, you know, here, here's a, a, a cupcake because I know you love cupcakes, so I bought you one from the store today. It's just the thought. It's the expression. It's the concrete evidence that I'm thought of, I'm known, and I'm loved. So number six, he doesn't grow tired of reassuring me that he loves me and that things and that we are okay, even though he's told me the same thing an hour ago. And to him, nothing changed. And all he's been doing all day is working to provide and create a better life for me, right? I still need the reassurance. And you have to really remember, men, that women are more verbal. Men are more action-oriented. So your actions mean a lot, but your words do as well. So the biggest part of a woman's hardwiring is this need for security and the need to continually establish it. See, this is what we do for children, family, pets, etc. This is what we do. Secondly, we're hardwired to pick up on all kinds of subtle cues. So you may think nothing changed, but we may have sensed or picked up on something. So this is part of really recognizing that if I told her everything was okay two hours ago, why is she asking me again? What could have changed? Who knows what she picked up on? Who knows what happened? All you have to do is reassure. The more willing you are to reassure her and not move away from her, the easier and faster it fixes. Just address it. Just t- it takes 30 seconds. Just walk over to her, look at her, and say, Hey, yeah, everything's great. It's fine. I'm glad you asked me. We're good. That may be all she, that's usually all women need. They don't necessarily need a lot unless we don't get anything. If we're not getting our needs met, we're going to appear very needy and very upset. So think about this idea about this hardwiring that when we talked uh, last week about the neuroscience of a woman's brain, you know, picture, you know, the, the noodles like the spaghetti noodles. So we don't have compartments. We constantly are moving in and out of all kinds of places in our brain. We're thinking and feeling and wondering and and trying to, to understand and fix all kinds of things at one time. 
And a woman's brain has a tendency to ruminate, has a tendency toward all those pop-ups. So, you know, you can be sitting on the couch with her and she's perfectly happy and all of a sudden she remembered, oh no, I didn't call back so-and-so, I hope they're not mad at me. And so this is why you want to understand, wow, this is how God made women. Now, I'm always working with women on making sure that we're a really good version of a woman, that we're the woman that God had in mind when he created that softer, kinder, more very beautiful sex, that we are really that woman, that we are everything God called us to be. Because women, we, we really don't have to compete with men. They can't be us, and we can't be them. So that doesn't mean we don't have the, some of the same skill sets or abilities, but it means that the more we as women are willing to embrace that gender and be all that, we, then we get a very strong, beautiful, centered, solid female. So think about this one. He has patience. He has patience with me when I struggle. And this is the struggle. The number one struggle for women is appearance. So he has patience with me when I struggle about my appearance and how I feel about myself. So if I'm having a quote-unquote fat day, right? And you haven't noticed any change at all, <laughs> right? Or our hair isn't working the way we want it to. Or we don't like the clothes we picked out that day. Or we feel less than when we go to work because there's another woman that, oh my gosh, she's far more beautiful than I am. I'll never measure up to that. Or we see things on, on television, in magazines, in the movies, and we think, oh, I'm never going to be that. Because one of the things that God did when he made women, because he knows men are visual, is he made them to be seen. And we wear that pressure, that there's this somehow this expectation of what we're supposed to look like and how we're supposed to walk and talk and act. And, and as we age, what that's supposed to look like. There's a lot of pressure on women when it comes to their appearance. And it starts at a very, very young age. I think our society is doing much better in terms of how we handle the, the varying beauties of women and how very beautiful different women can be, whatever age or height or weight or nationality. And I think we're doing a much better job at that. But the pressure is still the same. So you want to have a lot of patience and reassure her. The more you reassure her, the sooner she gets over it, the better version of her you will get, the more she will feel more comfortable in her own skin. She'll be more proud of her own body. And that you really be careful with her when you're talking about her appearance. This would be the area for when it comes to men, their sexuality, how they perform, or their job performance, or how respected they feel. Those are the areas that women need to be very careful about. But men, you want to be really careful when you're talking about her appearance or making suggestions that you understand that is probably the most tender, fragile part of us. So have patience. And please be careful about what you look at when you're with her. 
how long you linger, how obvious you are if you look at someone else. Be very, very careful of that. And understand the tremendous pressure that women have and how much they do this with each other. So this, la- this, this next one, number eight. He feels protective and possessive of me because I belong to him. Now, I'm not talking about being property. That's, that's not anything we're talking about. I'm talking about the love that God has for his humans, his world. He is very committed, very protective of us, very possessive of us. We belong to him, and he loves us. And we get that sense of support and grounding that we know no matter what we do, God is going to love us. He may not always be happy with everything we do, but he gave us the greatest gift. He gave us Christ, who laid his life down for us, bought, purchased our lives, saved us from sin, where the sin was taking us. You have to remember that when Jesus showed up, this is the first time in, in the history of the world that a woman was not treated as property. That's when that really became established. Now, it's taken us 2,000 years to make that change, and we still have a lot of work to do. Women are still considered property in many parts of the world and still, con- still treated as property, even in America. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a woman feeling like she belongs to you, that she's of great value, bought and paid for with a really high price. That's what Jesus did. You have to remember, God did not send a woman to do a man's job. He sent Jesus. This is what men do. They are to protect the world, to make the world safe, to lay their life down. That's what a good man does. So if we look at how the Lord loves us, we see why this is a part of loving someone. When it's done appropriately, it's experienced as very romantic, very securing. You don't want her to act independently of you because she's the only one securing her own world. Now, we as women can, we do. But when you want to have a woman in your life, you want to be having sex with her regularly. You want her to be happy, smiling, fun to be around. She needs to know there's a belonging and that she is the one you picked, she's the one you want, and she does not have to compete with other women for you. That you love her and she is the love of your life. And so, sadly, we don't always do this in our culture because we're we're trying to, to reverse this idea that women are weaker or women are are, you know, needing things and we can't do life on our own and we can't take care of ourselves. So I want you to understand that this is not about that. The majority of women in America, we've done amazing things and we continue to. So it isn't that. It's that one of the number one needs she has is a sense of belonging. This is why it's so destabilizing for her if her relationships aren't working. Because she doesn't feel like she belongs to her group. Because women are very communal creatures. 
They have to be. This is one of the ways we've survived the, over the course of time is the bonding that we make with other women and the support that we get from other women. Because think about, you know, in times past when men maybe cattle ranching and they went on a cattle drive for six months or uh, maybe they were fishermen and so they were on a whale boat for nine months out of the year. Well, those women depended on other women because the men weren't there. So women are hardwired to belong. And that's where we get our security. So if she belongs to you, she feels much more secure when she goes out into the world when it isn't a very nice place. So we don't want to do this as, I'm not talking about property again, remember. The dynamic needs to come from a place of intense value. Now, it goes both ways, obviously, a man toward a woman and a woman toward a man. But it isn't expressed in the same ways. See, one of the ways that men feel valued in relationship is through the sex life. And one of the ways men feel valued is when women brag about them to all their friends. And they say all the amazing things that they do. And then men feel successful. When men's bodies are wanted, that causes them to feel a sense of belonging, that they really belong to someone. So it's a very different process with men and women. So being protective doesn't mean that I will do anything for the object of my love to not be hurt or harmed. That's not, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about kit gloves. I'm talking about the fact that you're protective of her feelings. You're protective of, of the world that she's living in, the house that she is tending to, that you, you are protective of her heart, that you have her back, that she knows that no matter how bad things get at work, with kids, with girlfriends, no matter how much she feels like she doesn't measure up physically, that she knows she belongs to you and that she is of intense value to you. See, the reality is no matter how strong I am, no matter how much self-defense I learn, I truly am for the most part no match for a man. Now, there are some women that are phenomenal athletes and they could take on all kinds of men. But when it really comes down to it, that's the way God made men versus women. So you need to understand your strength and your power so that it, it is a protective force and not an overbearing force. Men are intended to protect women, children, domesticated pets. And I'm sad that this has gotten stolen from men because it needs to be given back to them. It's one of the most basic, fundamental ways that, that men love. And, and it's one of the most beautiful things that is part of the heart of God. It's, it's, his, it's his identity. That's what God did and does. So he takes care of what he owns. Well, that's what men need to do. Take care of what you have in your life. Care for it. And we as women should be allowed to encourage it to encourage him to do this and to take on that mantle and to do it well. So what's tough about all these concepts is that you may not get immediate results. 
So you may be looking for an overall change in that woman, one that's more relaxed with you, with herself. And you will get that eventually. Sometimes it happens more quickly than you would think. When she feels loved and secure, she is much better able to be expressive, to be loving, to be fun, to be happy, to really be beautiful. So please remember why and what you did to secure the relationship while you dated. Whatever it was you did, it worked. Don't abandon what worked. So there's a reason you did all that. You wanted the woman you fell in love with, you, the one you dated. Keep doing what worked. And really remember, your actions are very powerful. But when you couple your actions with words, it goes nuclear. Seriously. When you couple your actions with words, you can't imagine what that does for a woman. And so I'm always telling women, listen, the way that you help him hear your words is respecting him, touching him, loving him, looking at him with adoring eyes, right? Well, men, you do all kinds of actions for women, but when you add words to it and gentleness and kindness and mercy, you'll be amazed. So let's, let's list these because we're coming close to ending the show today. And so we have number one, that men give provision and women give love. And it isn't about making more money than she makes. It's about bearing the burden, worrying about the finances. It's about providing a safe environment, one that is not combative, that is not hostile, one that has gentleness and kindness in it, that is giving her space. It's providing these things. It's providing that atmosphere where she can love and nurture and support people. It's not demeaning her worry or some of the, the neuroticism that we see in women, and we all have it when we, our, our relationships aren't working, that you care about what she cares about so that you don't get derailed when she's not having a good day or a good moment and go, oh, great, here we go again, right? That you just say, hmm, maybe I better step back a little bit, set a boundary so I don't take it personally, and be able to care. Not fix, because I always tell men, remember, caring usually fixes it. Because I'm sure most of the women in your life are very competent women. So you're not derailed by it, and you're understanding that women are very affected by the world, very affected by relationships, and that's one of the reasons that you like women. And you want to make sure you're grown up about sex. And that you don't do the grabby thing all the time and, you know, all these sexual innuendos at odd times of the day, right? <laughs> like on the way to church or something. So that you really work on creating a sexual atmosphere that's manageable for her. And that you understand that she may not be confident about her body. And even if it doesn't bother you, it bothers her a lot. So you want to reassure her that you are very attracted to her and you don't compare it to other people. And you do things for, for her just to make her life easier. You buy things, even if it's just a flower. And you don't grow tired of reassuring her that you love her and that things are okay. And you practice patience when we hate our appearance and it changes our mood. 
And you're protective and possessive because she belongs to you. And you want her to feel belonging. And that you really, you know, I really want you to love what God has made. And the more you do that, the more loving she will be. Have a great day. Join me tomorrow. We're going to wrap this whole thing up. Program again, or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.